Hello, I'm Pastor Rick, and welcome to our podcast. I hope that the message that you're about to hear will bless and encourage you today. All right, let's uh, move forward. We're going to worship in the preaching portion of the service, worship in the Word. We worship in music. We worship in giving. And now we're going to worship in the Word of God. Let me just pray over this time together. Lord, as we come together to hear your Word, in the name of Jesus, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive because I believe that there is something that you want to speak to each and every one here in the building and those who are watching electronically today. Whether they're watching live or watching on demand, Lord, you have something to speak. And I pray that our hearts would be open to receive it. Question this morning, not one that I want you to answer except in your thoughts, in your mind. What's getting you down right now? What's getting you down right now? It's okay to let it surface. Go ahead and name it in your head. What is getting you down right now? What is discouraging you? What depression are you fighting? What has grabbed hold of your heart or is trying to grab hold of your heart? I want you to think of that thing. I want you to name that thing because what I'm going to share this morning will assist you. Title of my message is, Why is my soul downcast? The word that is uh, in the Hebrew for downcast, I went and read it in multiple translations. Some translations can, uh, call it uh, depressed. Some call it down. Some call it downcast. Some call it uh, at a low level. There's all kinds of different ways of translating it, but I chose uh, this, trans or this version, why is my soul downcast? God loves you. God loves you individually, personally, with whatever you're walking through. And if you have an area of your life where you feel down today, something is getting you down, God loves you and he wants to be with you and to help you in that area. Now, there are different, time, there are different kind of seasons that we walk through. Uh, you may be going through a difficult season physically or emotionally, or spiritually, or when a relationship ends, or when a door closes, or when we get bad news, or just, just an overall feeling of yuck. <laughs> very, very biblical word there. And there are times when you're walking through this, and it seems like God is right there with you. You know what I'm talking about? It's a difficult time, but it's like the presence of God is there, and you find yourself walking through this season with strength. I've had that happen. Yet the flip side is true, and maybe it's more often, there are other times when we go through difficult seasons and we say, where are you, God? Where are you, God? I've personally experienced both. And I will tell you this, I have no explanation for why sometime you walk through something and there's God's presence. And other times you walk through something else or something similar and it's like, where are you, God? Personal example. 
Many years ago, I lost a job. And during that period of time when I lost the job, I didn't get down at all. My soul wasn't downcast. There was something that rose up within me, and I said, you know what? God's got this. It's going to be fine. I did have a little bit of money in the bank to meet bills, and I even had a personal sense from God that this is going to last about six weeks, and then I'm going to get a job. Another time I lost a job, and after about two weeks, I'm going, where are you, God? God? God, remember that other time? I mean, I just felt your presence. What's wrong? Did I do something wrong? Why aren't you there? And as the weeks went on during that job loss, there was, lo there was loss of sleep. There was frustration. There was anxiety. Yet in both situations, God came through. He came through. I got another job. We moved forward or I moved forward if I was single. But there was, what's the rhyme or reason? And there isn't any. But what I want to share with you today is I want to share some thoughts from one of the Psalms that talks about a downcast soul and what we can do. I've been praying over the past several weeks. I know we're moving into the holiday season, and my prayer is, God, what would you have me share with your people that you have called me to pastor? The people that I love, the people that Sherry and I have now devoted over 10 years of our lives to, what would you have me share and this week, I believe it was Monday, when I was having my personal devotions, and in my personal devotions, I read often, I mean, I read the scripture every day, but I'm reading through the scripture, and I spent some time in the Psalms, and I ran across the 42nd Psalm, and it was as if the Holy Spirit says, share this this week, and so that's what I'm going to do. These thoughts are from my heart. And I'm going to share with you how I've dealt with times like this and others have dealt with times when our souls are downcast. Now, let me give you some background. The book of Psalms in our Bible is actually the Jewish or the Hebrew song book. Do you remember the days when in the, in the racks in front of the pews there was a hymnal? Hymns of Glorious Praise was the one that this church used, and uh, it was used in a lot of Assemblies of God churches. But the book of Psalms is the hymn book, the song book of the Hebrews. They would sing every single one of the, psalm, uh, of the psalms at some point throughout the year in their worship services. Now, singing the 119th psalm must have taken a long time. They had a very long worship uh, set that week. But the interesting thing is, I want you to hear Psalm 42 as I read it and as I comment, but I want you to hear it as if this was publicly sung in a church. See, God inspired these words, and God kept these words for us, his people. In the Old Testament, they sang these words in church, even though they're discouraging words and and. and places where the soul is downcast. This was God's way of communicating to us a couple of things. Number one, other people go through what you're going through. And somehow or other, you're not out of the will of God when you do. Because God would have a congregation or a synagogue sing this so that people could identify and say, wow, even the writer of this psalm, even the writer of the sacred scripture went through something, maybe God has something to speak to me. So 
The 42nd Psalm, if you can get to it. Today I'm reading from the New International Version, uh, but you can follow along with whatever version you brought with you or just follow along on the screen. Psalm 42. The psalmist is very honest in this psalm about what's going on in his heart. Here we go. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. There was a time when this writer of the psalm was able to worship God publicly in the temple. And for whatever reason, his life and his relationship with God right now is no longer as rich as it was, and he longs for it. He cries for it. He says that as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul, my inner life, my inner man longs for thee. Verse number five. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I, re I will remember you from the land of the Jordan to the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me by day. The Lord directs his love at night. His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Verse 9 says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Can you imagine singing this in church? My bones suffer mortal agony. My foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Well, the Jewish people, uh, especially when they were in exile out of their nation, probably identified with this psalmist who wrote even before they were in exile because now they were oppressed. Now they were away from God. And they were amongst the Gentiles who were saying to them, where is your God? You think your God is so great? Why are you in Babylon? If your God was so great, you'd still be in Israel. You'd still be in Jerusalem. Whatever it is, this writer is under oppression. Physically and emotionally, he is suffering, and he's being ridiculed by the people around him. There is a possibility that he is away from Israel and that the people around him are making fun of his faith and his commitment to Yahweh. Verse 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The psalmist was very honest in what was going on in his life, but this uh, particular verse is repeated twice in the psalm, and it's actually repeated in Psalm 43, which I'm not going to read. In our Bible, in our Old Testament, Psalm 42 and 43 are separate, but in many of the Hebrew scriptures, Psalm 42 and 43 are actually one psalm, or it had been one song that they had sung, and verse number 11 and verse number 5 appear once again in Psalm 43 um, as verse 5 in Psalm 
43. So let me share some insights from this psalm, and I'm going to share some personal insights. So here we go. What do I do when I am downcast and God doesn't seem to be around? The psalmist says, where are you, God? What do I do when I am downcast and God doesn't seem to be around? There is a note sheet if you want to follow along you at home. It'll come up on your screen. Number one. What do I do when I am downcast and God doesn't seem to be around? Pour out your heart. Pour out your heart. And you may want to write this in. I didn't put it into your notes. Don't censor your emotions. Don't censor your emotions. I will be honest, throughout my life and even now as a pastor, I don't often pray as honestly and as rawly, if that is a word, as the psalmist. I censor my emotions. My prayers are often very clean, squeaky clean, and nice. But there are very rare times where the depths of what I'm feeling, do I allow it to go to God? But the psalmist is very honest about his emotion. He's, he's disturbed. He, he hurts. He cries out to God. He says, where are you, God? Let me tell you, you have permission to be honest with God, to be raw with God, to actually cry out to God. You can be angry with God. The Bible says be angry, sin not. If you're going to be angry with God about the circumstances in your life, if you're going to be saying, God, where are you? And just let it pour out. God is not going to strike you with lightning. I grew up in a religious tradition and with parents that wouldn't allow me to get angry about some things. Um, and I grew up thinking <laughs> that if I said the wrong thing to God or expressed the wrong emotion, there, lightning was coming. And sometimes I just move out of the way as if God couldn't hit me by moving out of the way and the lightning would hit there. That's how I grew up. So for me to be Honest like this psalmist is a learned skill. But I will tell you what, when you can feel comfortable getting honest with God, it can make a huge difference in getting out of your time of being downcast. People of God, if you need to grieve, grieve. If you need to get angry, get angry. The psalmist said in this, my tears have been my food day and night. My tears have been my food day and night. He is in such deep grief over what is happening in his life that he, he, he attributes it, he makes an illustration as if he is constantly crying and crying and crying so that tears have become his food. That's how difficult of time this man is walking through. My tears have been my food all day and night. Here's another thing about pouring out your heart. Don't stuff it. If you're mad about something, if your life isn't going as you think it should, don't stuff it. Express it properly to God. Now, properly doesn't mean that you say, oh, God, I'm really mad at you. No, you can be, you can be very uh, raw and vocal with him. But expressing it to God is a very, very good way. Sometimes we stuff it, and then you know the person that gets it? It's the people that are closest to us, our spouse, our children. Because we've stuffed it, and we feel safer blowing up at them than we do taking it to God. 
You have permission. And in this point, God loves you. You will not in any way, shape, or form change the way he feels about you. In fact, when you get that honest about what you're going through, the emotional time that you're going through, and you get honest and you just pour it out to God, he receives it and he can help you at that time. Number two, don't sit down in hurt and pain. Yes, express it. It may go on for a season and express it for a season, but don't sit down in hurt and pain. There are some people that their life stops, emotionally stops, even spiritually stops, at that last major issue that they went through. It could have been the death of a spouse. It could have been the breakup of a relationship, a marriage of many years, or a, a relationship that was looking towards marriage, and all of a sudden it is no more. And it just, it just turns your world upside down. You were on this track on your job, and your company closed, and now what? There are some people that end up sitting down in their hurt and pain, Pour out your heart. Don't live there. Pour out your heart. Don't live there. I have spoken to people. I have pastored some of them who have gone through horrendous things. Some people here may have gone through horrendous things that I am unaware of. A family member murdered. A tragic accident. Sexual abuse. Abandonment. Other forms of abuse. I'm going to say this from experience. I can't say that it's a, true across the board. I'm just going to say this from experience. Those who don't make significant progress out of their pain are often those who end up sitting in their pain. In fact, it's not just they don't make significant progress of their pain. They don't make significant progress for their life. Do you know that that pain can, can stop you right here? Remember we sang this morning, he's God of our present, God of our future. He writes our story and he holds it all together. He's got a story down there, but some people in their pain, some people in their hurt, some people in that tragedy can't move from here. And this is part of what, the, what this psalm is about. How do we get past here? C certainly, we pour out our heart. We need to work through the emotions. I'm not saying that you cannot be in a, in a place like this. I cannot say if you've lost a spouse that you just need to move on with your life. You must grieve. You must allow pain, but you can't live there if you're going to receive and experience all that God has for you. He's writing your story. There is a path ahead for you. He knows the plans he has for you because he loves you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. And you say, yeah, but God, if you were going to prosper me, this would not have happened. But it did. And God can still prosper you on the other side of this. So how are you supposed to not remain living in your hurt and pain? Number three, and this is one of the things that the psalmist said a couple of times, Remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. In verse 4, 5, and 6, he said, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God 
under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. He said, I do remember the good times. And in verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember. I will remember you. One of the things that we need to do when our soul is down and downcast is we need to consciously choose to remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God in the past of our life, in other people's lives, in the lives of those in the Bible. But we must remember, because what happens when we end up sitting down in our hurt, in our pain, is we remember the incident, we remember the hurt, we remember the pain, we remember the feelings, we remember the abuse, or we remember this, and we stay there. But the Bible tells us we need to remember. The psalmist said if we're going to, what are we going to do when we're downcast? We need to start remembering God, his goodness and his faithfulness. And I know some people say, well, if he was good and faithful, I wouldn't walk through this. He is still good and faithful even though you've had to walk through it. So remember. And then number four, declare statements of hope and trust. As you remember his faithfulness, begin to declare statements of hope and trust. Verse 11, let me read it to you again. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his inner man. Look what he tells it. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. Listen, the psalmist is talking to himself. I talk to myself a lot. You have self-talk too. We all have self-talk. Do you know what most of my self-talk is? Oh, how I screwed up and how I did this and how I did that and how I did the other thing. And then I get myself all worked up. What the psalmist is saying, hey, self, self, um, put your hope in God. And then he makes a statement of faith, for I will yet praise him my Savior, and my God. The psalmist looked to the future, and he said, I'm going to hope in God, even though right now my tears are like food. I can't feel God. I've remembered him. I've remembered what it used to be like, and I'm making declarations of hope, trust, and faith. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. Now, personally, I'm glad that we live now in this day and age because we have the New Testament. And I'll tell you what, when I am downcast, when my soul is downcast, there are some verses in the New Testament that I remember and quote to myself and I declare. Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Even when, the, when you feel like God isn't there, when God doesn't seem to be helping, you still know, never has he left you. Never has he forsaken you. You declare these things because they are true. You may not feel like God is around, but it's not a declaration of feelings. It's not a declaration of circumstances. It's a declaration of truth. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us. This psalmist said the enemies were against him. If he had uh, Romans 8.31, he could have quoted it about those that were teasing him, saying, where is your God? Well, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, personally, I'm a, if God is for me, 
Who can be against me? I've got to get it personal. I've got to get it one-on-one. And there's nothing wrong with that because that is the essence of the Scripture. God is for you even when you don't feel it. God is for you. Who can be against you? Number five, these next two, five and uh, yeah, these are more of a personal opinion of mine based on the scripture. I'm not going to take most of it from the psalm. Number five, rejoice and thank God. The psalmist said in verse 11, I will yet praise him. He's saying that in the future. But this is because the psalmist was away from the temple in Jerusalem where he felt that that's where he wanted to praise him. But our Bible tells us that we can praise him at all times. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Again, verses that I confess when I'm down. This is from the New American Standard Bible. This is the way I had it memorized. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus Rejoice and thank God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is a confession of truth. It may be a truth you don't feel, but it is still truth. We are um, declaring statements of hope. We are declaring statements of trust. And we are declaring statements of thanking God and rejoicing in his presence. Number six. This one is definitely my opinion. Relax. Relax. You say, what do you mean relax? Personal experience. When I don't feel God and when my circumstances are tearing me up, the one thing I don't do is relax. I tense. But if you've been declaring statements of faith and you have been believing, then relax. Listen to what Psalm 46 verse 10 says. Be still and know that I am God. But I learned many years ago that the Hebrew word for be still is better translated cease striving. What are you striving for? You're striving for another relationship or you're striving to save that relationship? You're striving to this or you're striving to do that financially? Cease striving. Or another way of saying it is relax and let go. Let it go. Relax. Know that he is God. Know that he has this. Relax. Take a breath. Take two breaths. Relax. And then this last one, number seven. (laughs) Do it again tomorrow. This is just personal experience, folks. I'll have a day where I follow these things. I'm confessing statements of hope, and I'm thanking God, and I'm rejoicing, and I relax. And then somehow, between the time that I fall asleep and the time that 3 o'clock in the morning comes around, and boom, my brain wakes up with all my worries, and it's turning and turning and turning, and I've forgotten it all. I've forgotten it all. One of the reasons I gave you notes. You can take it home and remember them. And you need to do it again tomorrow. You need to do it again tomorrow. You need to, again, when this all rises back up, pour out your heart. Don't sit down in the hurt and the pain. Remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. Declare statements of hope and trust. Rejoice and thank him. He hasn't left you, even when you don't feel him. He's not forsaken you, even if you're maybe 
off doing your own thing someplace. He still loves you. Take a breath, relax, and then when it comes up again, do it again tomorrow. The team can return. I don't know who needed to hear this, maybe all of us. Maybe you're walking through a rough time right now. Maybe at home you're walking through a rough time. Maybe things are going well. Well, you've heard something that you'll probably need to use sometime in the future. I need to let you know, if you're walking through a rough time and you are not feeling the presence of God, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you're walking through a rough time and you're not feeling the presence of God. That's what the psalmist was saying. He was in a rough time. He couldn't feel God. His soul was downcast. People around him were teasing him. He hurt emotionally and physically. He said, everything about me aches. But he still closed the psalm. He still closed the psalm. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Any chance you can find verse 11 up there? Real quick and put it on the screen. I want you to stand. We're all going to repeat this out loud together. Some of you that are walking through a rough time, I want you to say these words even if you don't believe them because they're true. Would you repeat them with me? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He called him his Savior. The Lord will save you from your situation. He's your God. He's your Savior. Let's say it again. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Thanks for joining us for this message from Columbus First Assembly. If this message has blessed you in any way, would you share it on your social media feeds so that others can be blessed also? If you would like to join us for an in-person service and you're close to us, we are in Columbus, Indiana, then uh, our services start at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and our church is located on the corner of 10th and Iowa. Once again, thanks for joining us. Look forward to having you join us again soon.